The World Show with Nikki B. I've got two exceptionally, exceptionally beautiful artists with me in the studio now, both of which were the recipients of this year's 2021 Standard Bank's Young Artists Award. So welcome, Cora Stacy. Hi, Cora. Thank, Thank you for coming. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yes, it's such a pleasure. And Voom 11. Welcome, Vuma. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yes. <laughs> you know, I was saying to Cora before you arrived, Vuma, I said, really, you each deserved an hour and a half each on the world show. But uh, I wanted to celebrate your awards and get you together. And also listening to your music, I found that there was, although your music, your musics are totally different, there's something about your sensibilities that connects and that I'm very, very excited about. So congratulations on your award. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start with Cara and please feel free. This is a chat. The World Show is always a Sunday evening lounge chatting about the albums and the music and so forth. But let's start with with the Cara. Cara, you're, I suppose, mostly known as a piano pianist. Yeah, that's definitely my background. Um, so, but I guess not a classical pianist in the traditional sense because I don't really play older classical repertoire. I tend to play things I've either written myself or people have written for me. You know, collaborating with all sorts of different artists. Yes, but uh, so so in terms of your studies, you studied classical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I did. I started. I I play clarinet as a child, which I was really miserable at. <laughs> I was quite a grumpy clarinet student, and then um, I moved to Eswatini to Swaziland, formerly Swaziland. Um, And I started having piano lessons there. And then I went to UCT and studied classical piano. Yes. And you've actually departed quite a lot from, as you say, the formals of classical music as we know it. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Um, I still, I guess I'm still kind of a part of that world in that I teach at a university, which is a very, it's quite a classical department at Northwest uh, Portisrum campus. Um, So I'm kind of, I still keep tabs on what's happening in classical music, especially contemporary stuff that's written right now you know um, but I don't really play I've made quite a big shift <laughs> from that way of making music yes and in fact when I listen to your albums I think you gave me four albums I listened to they certainly are sort of I can see the classical influences, but they have a totally unique sound, which I suppose one wouldn't really want to categorize. You know, these are very much, both of you, for me, make soundscapes, really, in many ways. Mm. Um, you tell stories, you, you paint pictures with your sound. Yeah. But one more thing before I move to Vumakara. Now you also play a whole lot of indigenous instruments and include these in, in your offerings. Yeah, Tell yeah. us about some of the instruments you play. So, so while I was at UCT, when I was much younger, I had lessons with Dizu Plaikis, a really brilliant uh, indigenous instrument player and composer. Um, and yeah, I guess I, I, at that point, I, I didn't feel like I was going to be a concert pianist. I, my teachers definitely didn't feel like I was going to be one. And I started playing these, learning different instruments, mostly musical bows uh, from South Africa and different parts of South Africa with Dizu. And, and that kind of just opened up a whole other space for music making. Yes. And then I've, you know, I 
like to think that I've got a, a kind of palette of like lots of different sounds, piano, all these musical bows, nyunga nyunga, different types of mbiras that I can make all sorts of music, whether it's more avant-garde, experimental stuff or collaborating with jazz musicians or classical musicians. So, so yeah, I let the instruments kind of guide where I'm going to go and how I'm going to work with people. Yes. And I want to hear more about that relationship as we move forward. But Vuma, you're mostly known as a guitarist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also somebody I was quite interested because you've both won the Young Artists Award, but you started, I mean, you started very, you must have been quite young because when I look at you, you look, you look young. <laughs> Is it the music that keeps you young? <laughs> you've got this baby face that just is, always looks fresh. You that's know? unfortunate. But, uh, <laughs> no, I started music really late, actually. I, I started out kind of as a singer more than anything else, and I played guitar to come accompany myself principally and I was really at the age of 12 or 13 and I only really started studying the instrument in and of itself very seriously when I was about 18 I would say I'd started having lessons with Johnny Faree when I left high school yes and that was my sort of first serious introduction to to studying the instrument in a very very serious consistent systematic way but before then it was really like high school parties playing covers and singing badly (laughs) (laughs) wishing I was a rock star sort of vibe so yeah it wasn't an early start at all I wish it had been earlier but it wasn't but you did release your first album I think in 2015 if I'm not mistaken that's correct that's correct so you must have still been quite young when you when you released that album yeah that was yeah yeah I, I mean I worked really really hard those first three years the first three years at TUT and then the first three years at the conservatory in Amsterdam and then I released that album Um, but it was really like eight to twelve hours every day on the instrument and then in addition to that composing and stuff like that to really work things out precisely because I'd had that very very late start Um, and my musical upbringing before Johnny was completely non-jazz oriented really singer-songwriter I mean I listened to like this rock band Marlow in South Africa and the Springbok Nude Girls and bands like that, uh, Just Ginger, stuff like this. Uh, so I really, really, and those are also the rock festivals that I attended when I was a kid. So I really had very, very limited exposure to jazz. So that first sort of six years of study was just really catching up in the first instance and then still to this day catching up, but then really trying to define a clear uh, voice compositionally more than as a guitar player because I just realized there's so many fantastic guitar players in the world it's highly unlikely that from a purely guitaristic standpoint i'll be all that successful because people could just listen to some great guitar players from america for instance like elonto mike moreno whoever else so the draw towards my music would have to be something that's very very personal to me and i would have to make that sort of very personal articulation of the music world class in order to be successful so yeah it, it i was young when i released it but that was really after working really hard and sacrificing a lot in terms of my personal life and all of these other things so well that's so interesting for me because i would never listening to your music now i would never have imagined you came from a rock 
infused background. I'm going to put yeah. it that way because obviously you weren't playing rock music as such. I just wouldn't have imagined it. Yeah. You, you've thrown a loop for me there. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> I want to play songs from both of you and I also want to speak more about what this award means and so much more. So let's start off with a track uh, from Cara Stacy's latest album and uh, I see you work a lot with collaborations as well on all your almost all your albums I think yeah, yes yeah, yeah. so tell us a little bit I want to play a track of what I think is your most recent album as in the sun so in the rain uh, tell us a little bit about this project who's involved with it so this is a lockdown or oh, it started as a lockdown project yes. um, it's a collab it's a it was Keenan Arns, also a jazz guitarist, uh, and a visual artist, Mswandile Putelezi, who's done a lot of work with other, mostly jazz musicians in South Africa, like album artworks and that kind of stuff. Very musical guy. Um, and we had this idea to start a trio that would be safe to, relatively safe to rehearse, uh, you know, during COVID times, where we basically, we improvised, you know, free, completely freely in some cases, but we also all composed in different ways and kind of in varying amounts. So some things are kind of partially composed with with an element of improvisation, etc. Like yes. a mix of things on the spectrum. Uh, but the idea was that it would be between visual, a visual artist, a jazz guitarist coming with jazz language, which I, I don't have, and then me playing piano, composing uh, in different ways, and then also playing the, the indigenous instruments that I play as well. And we would write for each other and we'd kind of push ourselves to compose in different ways. So we've had, we had a couple of online concerts and then um, we were very lucky to get some funding from Pro Helvetia here in South Africa to get some, uh, to record an album early this year. And so this, this album is the result of that quite short, uh, quite recent trio. Yeah, beautiful. And I love the relationship with visual arts as well. In fact, I'll talk more about that when we come back on the other side because I think people have to go and see online these beautiful artworks. And I think, again, there's a, there's kind of a parallel with Vuma. So we're going to talk more about how you related it to film in your case. But for now, let's hear this track called Wildness Gone off Cara Stacy's album, The Texture of Silence, As in the Sun, So in the Rain. It is, of course, the world show. What a give it a clap. <laughs> beautiful. You. And you singing as well. Absolutely beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. You don't normally sing on your albums. No, hardly yes. ever. Yes. Uh, but I guess it's also, it's just numerous tools. Um, I'm definitely not the singer I wish I was, but I really like just using my voice. Sometimes that just makes sense in a, in a composing scenario. Yes. Uh, and then I just do it. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. Cora, Stacy, uh, you've got to look out for this album. It's called The Texture of Silence. As in the sun, so in the rain. That track is wild and it's gone. And she is performing on this album together with Keenan Ahrens. And I'm going to say performing as well with Mizwandile Putelezi, yeah. who's a visual artist and I urge everyone, because when I was like, you know, preparing for the show, I went and Googled you and this website came up called Texture of Silence. 
www.ghanaplus.com and I urge everyone go and look at this website so you can also get a, a feel of the visual aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that work you were inspired also by the artwork? Yeah, definitely. We had we had some pieces where Mzwandile would kind of prepare an artwork in advance and then we would respond to that in the moment with music. So 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 there's kind of a mix. We were all doing we're doing lots of different compositional things. So he would do that sometimes. Sometimes we would play, we'd compose stuff, bring it, perform it, and then he would respond to that in the moment. Um, and then what you can see on the website is a mix of all of those artworks kind of finalized and that all go along with the, the recorded album. Absolutely beautiful. And you know, my background is as a visual artist. So for me, I get so excited when I see things like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now also, Vuma, you have your project, your latest project, which is called Antique Spoons, Chapters on Love, Loss and the Politics of Memory. Also has a visual aspect, as I said, with Film. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So first of all, in terms of the like strictly visual art aspect, the artist that I worked with for the album was uh, Liso Lomsi Picoli, Mr. Fuzzy Slippers, who has done all the artwork for my album. And we have an ongoing collaboration. Whenever I release something, I give him the rough mixes and he paints artwork and really creates an appropriate uh, picture to whatever the music is going to be. And I found that to be a very sort of fruitful relationship that I have with him. Um, but with reference to the film itself, my sister actually... Uh, is a lecturer in film. She's currently at SOAS at the moment, uh, working there. And I was really inspired by the way in which, I mean, the album as a whole tries to tap into the affective qualities of storytelling um, and tries to create an interface between music and the affective qualities of storytelling. And I thought that to include this film element would help to bring out some of those affective qualities of storytelling. And so it was. it's really something that was done more after the fact so the album was composed and then I worked with a yeah I guess a filmmaker by the name of Dylan Valley uh, he's uh, lecturing at Cape Town at, at the moment and another filmmaker by the name of uh, Jürgen Mikkel and we sort of developed these short uh, films that also came out of interviews that I did with Dylan around the key themes in the album we had an informal conversation and from that informal conversation we extracted sort of key I guess again storytelling tropes and used that to drive a sort of emergent process of filmmaking. Uh, so he took the text and uh, as in the te- spoken text from the conversation and yes. the music and then decided what visuals he wanted to assign to that. And he found a whole lot of archival footage um, taken of a black urban life during apartheid. Um, and a, l- a large part of the themes of the album was to um, try and describe black urban life in post-apartheid South Africa. So he wanted to create this sort of historical thread between black urban life as it existed then in an everyday, almost apolitical sense, because the album is also an attempt to divorce itself to some degree from politics. But of course, it's an impossible task because even in those films, you see the conditions that those people were dancing in or walking in or the sort of scenes of everyday life are always mediated by their apartheid experience. And likewise, just as with the album, 
the key themes of love, loss, and of course the politics of memory are always mediated by our experience as black South Africans of being post-apartheid uh, agents. So all of these, um, yeah, all of the visual themes, uh, uh, so to speak, draw on these musical themes as well. And once again, it's all tied into trying to tap into the affective qualities of storytelling in particular and using music almost as a medium uh, as part of storytelling uh, rather yes. than the other way around. Yes, because that's what I wanted to say is with your music, it's storytelling from a sonic level rather than from um, words. Yes. Yes, rather exactly. than using words. Yeah. And actually both of you, you're both telling me stories with these albums. <laughs> <laughs> but Vuma, and where can people actually see these 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 short films? Yeah, they're on YouTube. If you just type in "Antique Spoons," which is the name of the album, yes, I'm not sure why with, I didn't uh, get there. So yeah, or just on my YouTube channel. If you just go there direct to the older videos, then you find the videos on there. And there's three of them, three short films that we created to accompany the music in the album in essence um yeah it's really like one minute fragments with some kind of spoken word yes. a quotation that i really find inspiring that is linked to the themes of the album and then some excerpt from the album linked to the sort of creating a sonic background for the story yes. that the spoken word and the film is telling i love that i love 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 this multidisciplinary visual sound all of this coming together thank you for me this is the way we should be working and it makes me really excited <laughs> but for now let's play and i've insisted on playing two tracks to start of vuma's levin's album vuma's album antique spoons chapters on love loss and the politics of memory and I wanted to play these two together because they're the two opening tracks. And somehow I wanted them to be played together for you. So check it out. It's coming up now. Um, the End A Light by Magic Lantern, followed by the second track, Antique Spoon or Fuma's album, coming up now on The World Show. <laughs> Five, nine. From one of tonight's guests, he's with me right now, Vuma Levin, the album Antique Spoons, chapters on love loss and the politics of memory. Antique Spoon was headed by the opening track of the album, The End Alight by Magic Lantern. I mean, just your, your titles tell a story in themselves, Vuma. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're quite epic. Yes. <laughs> now, let's come to Standard Bank because what I noticed is that you, Vuma, have quite a, a long relationship with Standard Bank yeah. in various ways. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, maybe maybe not with them in particular, but definitely with the festivals. The, the art exactly, side of, of exactly, it, exactly, yes, yeah. yes. So my first professional experience in jazz music was as a member of the Standard Bank National Youth Jazz Orchestra when uh, Brafea Faku was the conductor. And of course, it was a great privilege to be involved in that. That was a really fantastic uh, year. Sisonke was playing saxophone. 
Um, Prince Bulo was playing bass. He's now like a house producer. He doesn't even really play jazz anymore. Justin Belez was playing alto saxophone. So yeah, I mean, and we got to play the headlining concert at the Standard Bank uh, National Youth Jazz Festival, as well as a headlining concert at the Standard Bank Joy of Jazz Festival. And so that was really my first um, professional experience with jazz. But even going before then, before I started studying jazz in any kind of serious capacity, my first concert going experiences with my father and we watched Branford Marsalis playing at the Joy of Jazz Festival the first time he ever came out and before he played the youth band opened for him yes um and uh Bokani was playing piano that year yes. he used to like dreads like it's quite strange <laughs> but um yeah so like when I saw those guys playing I really thought one day I would I would really really like to be in that position and then three years later I had the privilege of doing that and the same thing when I was at the Standard Bank National Youth Jazz Festival. I think Kesevan Naidu was the artist that year who was the, yes. the um, Standard Bank young artist. And again, a similar thing. I saw him playing with musicians from Sweden and that sort of international collaborative aspect of his music making very much informed the rest of my musical life from that point onwards because I moved to Amsterdam and pretty much everything I've done professionally has been from a sort of international a collaborative standpoint and once again I thought one day I'd like to be in the position he's in to yes. be honest with you I didn't think it was actually ever going to happen but yes. to have it happen is obviously fantastic so in yes. many ways a lot of these things make it feel like a sort of full circle moment for me um, so yeah yeah, and it's again, you know, realizing your dream, yeah. which is beautiful. Yeah. But before I continue with the Standard Bank uh, side, the Standard Bank art side of things, to start off with Faya Faku, I mean, that's quite a big, you know, big shoes to step into, yeah. if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm sure these are experiences which have fed your inspiration and your, your knowledge and understanding as well. Yeah, it's probably the most important early moment in my in my uh, performance career and performing life and creative life, etc., etc. I composed a number of works after that and it's, it's really clear all of them were incredible, were really, really inspired by Prafea Faku's work. Yes. And obviously being able to work with him and he's just a very generous and, and gentle person as well. So sort of having him really take me under his, his wing and all of us who are in that band as well and just be incredibly generous with the sort of feedback and the words of encouragement that he would give us and of course his music was incredibly beautiful to play and he played with us as well. So just in many ways it was a very, very important and um, just the whole thing like getting to play at the Joy of Jazz Festival, yeah. hanging with with uh, Sisonke and Justin, like in the hotel, messing around, there was yes. incredible. Like, yes. really, a very, very important and formative moment in my career. So, yes. definitely, yeah, amazing. And for you, Cara, I mean, to get this award as one of the Standard Bank uh, Young Artists of the Year, and again, you know, I must say that you've all been doing such amazing, rich work before this award. So it's it's like highly well deserved. <laughs> but uh, how has this, you know, impacted on the work you're doing? How has it felt to receive it? Yeah, amazing. Um, I've not, I, you know, because I'm not a jazz musician, so I haven't, you know, I was never part of that festival. I was always kind of jazz adjacent and Standard Bank <laughs> arts adjacent <laughs> in that most, like, Bokani Dai, when he, the year he won, we were yes. housemates. And, okay. I, you know, a lot of people that I know and kind of we studied together, mm. you know, have been the young artists in the past, more so from jazz than from the music award, you know, the class 
school yes. guys and mix, you know. So yeah, it's been amazing because I think also a lot of my projects have been a little left of center, you know, a little bit more experimental, not so mainstream. Um, so I, I also kind of never thought it, <laughs> I didn't even consider it actually, because I just yes. thought, well, you know, I, I don't have like a kind of long strategic plan for my career with like artistic, some kind of artistic line going, or oh, it doesn't feel that way to me. Yes. It's been lots of little opportunity to collaborate with this person and make this crazy music. And then this opportunity pops up and I can do something else with someone totally different, sounds completely different. So it wasn't like a kind of, I don't know, I don't really have that kind of long-term game plan. It's more just cool stuff I can do in the moment. Amazing. Now next thing, you know. Yes. So yeah, I guess it was just really a surprise and it's been really amazing. Um, I hope it means more people listen to my music and yeah. that would be great. But it also just allows me to continue making cool music and, and collaborating and, and kind of creating projects that will be supported and, you know, we'll be able to play at National Arts Festival next year. So yeah, that's yeah really amazing. amazing. Well, you know, you keep talking about how you don't fit into jazz and I think you award I think Vulma got it for the best jazz uh, artist of the year um, won the award for jazz in the jazz category you won it yeah. in, in the music the music category in the music yeah, category yeah. but yeah. but you know when I saw when I heard your saw that you'd won and I went and I looked and I thought no these artists are totally but Cara I have to say and I'm one who doesn't really love you know the confines of 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 of, of categories but your work is jazz and that it's improvisational it's experimental it's all yeah. these things you're talking yeah. about so for me very much you know um I can see that 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 kind of the crossover you can yeah. you can have your foot in any in any one of these realms yeah I guess I like I like working between those things because I also my interests are between all of them and I don't really fit you know I'm a little too schizophrenic aesthetically yes. so I kind of jump around quite a bit welcome to my world yeah. <laughs> I find it kind of freeing I, that's, that's yes. the space I feel most comfortable in so and I've definitely worked with a lot of jazz musicians so I really and I care a lot about jazz yes. even though I don't you know I don't play I don't have that technical ability in that kind of way it's definitely more you know my background is definitely more from classical the classical yes. side but but yeah between things there's some kind of freedom which I like yes and I see that with some of your earlier albums there are more you know stronger classical elements but yeah. definitely I think you know you, as I say stand on whichever whichever pool you want to stand because <laughs> and in fact Vuma when I played that song used the opening song of your album you said that's Cara featured on yeah. the jazz album that's true <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So there we go. She's playing jazz. She, she's playing jazz. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's hear another track um, of Cara's uh, album, and this time the title track. Tell us a little bit about the title of the album, "As in the Sun, So in the Rain." The texture of silence. So, so the trio is called the texture of silence. Okay, to, thank you for clarifying. Say, sorry, yes, yeah. um, and I have to say that Mzwandile has been the man behind most of the words. You know, uh, apart from the compositions that were strictly mine and the ones that were strictly Keenan's, you know, he often, you know, he, he has a real sense of, I don't know, poetry. He has a way with words. So it was kind of, we left it in his hands and he came back. I think we, I mean, we might have been in studio still. He came back and he was like, as in the sun, so in the rain. And I really like that as well because I think, you know, we've obviously been through COVID times, which have, you know, have been challenging for everyone in different ways. But also I think as three artists, I think we've also been through a lot personally and artistically and it kind of speaks to the idea of some resilience and and you know going through 
good and bad things. And, yes. Um, so it kind of it when the sun's really shining, well. when the weather's bad, yeah. we're still here, we're still standing. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So so yeah, and there's also I think you know the texture of silence, some of the stuff, the way in which he uses words. There's an intimacy to the project which I think is you can hear in the music as well. And then you know we also inferred some of that intimacy by miking up his artwork so that we would also have some of the sounds of the charcoal yes. worked into the music as well. So they're like a couple of different layers going on. Oh, that's beautiful. I never thought of that, but I think I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. And again, the concept of the texture of silence, what a, just a beautiful mm. phrase in itself. Yeah. And I think, you know, as musicians and as fine musicians um, I'm sure you can both of them, I'm sure you can relate to that concept of the texture of silence yeah. yes because <laughs> yeah. don't they say the silence in music is just as important yeah. as, as the music is absolutely yes beautiful I'm going to share this track uh, coming up right after this the title track from the texture of silence as in the sun so in the rain featuring Horace Daisy Keenan Orens and Swandile Putilezi on the world show. Kaya nine five nine. Uh, off the album, as in the sun, so in the rain. That's the title track brought to you by the Texture of Silence, obviously featuring Akara Stacey, who's with us tonight on the World Show. Yes, thank you, Cara. Beautiful. And again, I must tell you that Deezer Plaichis, the World Show family knows he's one of my greatest heroes. So I'm so pleased that you had uh, the chance to work with such an epic musician. What was it like? What did you get from working with a master of indigenous instrumentation. Well, he taught, you know, he, he was on my university lecturers. Um, and I think it was, it was at such a pivotal time. I was kind of disillusioned with my classical piano life at that point. Um, and he's just such a generous guy. He's really, um, I don't know, he made me feel completely at home and completely kind of able to improvise and be creative and, and develop your own kind of voice. He really like emphasized that for me, even though obviously, you know, I'm a white person playing indigenous instruments, you know, not solely, but yeah, he was just so inclusive and kind of really pushed me to be a better musician. There were all parts of my musicianship that he helped kind of improve and, and, and kind of created a safe space for. So, and he's, I mean, since then been like, obviously really supportive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's really, um, I still play the instruments that he made you know he's my go-to instrument maker as well yes. um, and he's just so warm and supportive of all his students and I think he's been so crucial in the two uh, closer musical bows that I play Umkhube the mouth bow and Uadi the, the good resonated struck bow you know there's so many players of those instruments in the Western Cape now and, and, and also increasingly in Joburg because people are kind of traveling around and they are the product of his teaching yes. so it's really you know he's he it's just such an important career and such an important person in terms of reviving these instruments and just creating... Because they were on their way out, if you like. They were becoming extinct, yeah. if, if, you, if well, you like. Well, yeah, very few people were playing and, and the people who were playing were kind of in the rural Eastern Cape, so... so and also you know, much older people. Yeah, much older. Yes. So he, and you know, he's also, some of the instruments have, you know, kind of gender, you know, mostly women would play... 
so he he was really innovative in lots of ways in his career and and continues to be you know from the 80s onwards so so yeah he was just really open and kind of pushed pushed a whole lot of us and there's like a whole troop of people who are all doing completely different work uh, but with these instruments or, or inspired by them I guess now I have to ask you this question the Mbira is often called the thumb piano yeah. How does this relate as a piano player who also <laughs> plays plays in Vera? Would you see a relationship there? I mean, in that you are using your fingers and there are keys. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, but you know, the Vera is a really that as a as a kind of there are lots of different names for that kind of instrument. Yes. But you know, the, these are like centuries and centuries old. Some you know, there's evidence, or you know, people believe that they're much older than that even. Yes. Um, so they predate the piano <laughs> for yes, certain. Absolutely. Um, but but yeah, they just it's just also again just like musical bows. This is another family of indigenous instruments in Southern Africa and Central Africa that there's just so many variations, yeah. tons of amazing music that's really different. And there's a, yeah, you can get you know Mozambican styles and Barbian, Malawian, Zambian yes. from Congo. So they just it's just a very rich creative space. Yes, the great musician, a late great musician, Francis Bebe. He um, I love the one song of his where he said, "With each pluck of the." a human being was born uh, in the story of creation so I often think of that as well Uh, as you said it predates even beautiful beautiful now Vuma let's go back to you and this stunning album as well but before we go back to the album you spent quite a lot of time abroad which you've touched on tell me about some of those experiences and how you feel that having the opportunity to go abroad to work and study there impacted on your music you know to actually take yourself out of the south african space for a moment yeah again it was really a pivotal um moment in my life not only in my musical career probably the most important and um, transformative experience that i've had from both a personal musical every every possible standpoint and yeah first of all it was really good for me to leave south africa for a while and to experience something completely new because it really made me value my south africanness um but it also made me value all the things that I learned there as well. Um, and from a musical standpoint, I just learned so much, like technically, conceptually, the access to the international um, flow of cultural capital is just incomparable to what we have here, for example, just because it's much, all of those locations are sort of closer to each other than South Africa is from, for instance, the States or... Mm. Or from so, anywhere else. Yeah, really, yeah. so you, you sort of have a lot more access to a whole lot of musicians that you wouldn't ordinarily see here and in a far more everyday sense. So at this venue in, in Amsterdam called the Bim House, every day there's a there was an artist playing from either Europe or the States who was important to contemporary jazz. And as a student of the conservatory, you got to go watch those concerts at vastly discounted rates like I'm talking about paying a hundred rand to go and watch Ambrose Aachen Museum or something yes. like that Where if you do that for the joy of jazz for instance it's a bit more expensive than that understandably so of course so just in terms of being constantly inspired by seeing artists who are at the forefront of contemporary jazz but then also having personal relationships with people who would go on to become artists at the forefront of contemporary jazz who studied at that conservatory or who did exchange programs at the conservatory um so yeah just from a 
like technical, conceptual, inspirational standpoint, it was top, top, top to do it. And then obviously the personal life experiences again, like being able to experience that city, um, being able to go out, um, cycle to a club at two in the morning and hang with my friends and then cycle at 4 a.m. back home. Um, just walk down the street in the morning, have breakfast in a coffee shop like two meters away from me. The and relationship I was, to public I, I spaces. Told, I told the Wiltshire family I was missing, I was missing Europe today <laughs> for those reasons that you say. <laughs> yeah, of course, there's a lot of great yes. stuff in South Africa as well. Of course, that's clear. of course. But yeah, it was great. Like this, as I said, it was just really, really a transformative experience. But at some point, it was really, really good to come back as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. And I think a few things, I think for me, the one thing as well is that uh, has impacted on me and my time in Europe is the the value that is given is expressed the value and support that is given to the arts which is something that I still think in here we've still got a long way to go with that struggle of 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 really getting the powers that be the support the infrastructures to recognize the value of the arts and that is something that I very much appreciate from from Europe particularly I think and it's it, it's it's inspiring when you're there because you think this should be how it is this this can be done you know um so i'm sure that's also part of it but you spoke about it that sense of going far to discover what is really close to you yeah. and i think that's reflective in this album as well yeah. would you say that I would say it's reflective in all my albums because yes. they were all emerged as a consequence of my experience of being a black immigrant in Amsterdam and my sense of being a black immigrant being brought sharply into focus precisely because of not being in South Africa where I more or less blend into the environment. I think there's a quote by Chimamanda where she says something about being able when you're far away from something you can see it more clearly. I don't remember the exact quote but it's some a notion that really stuck with me and that was very much my experience of of being an immigrant in in Europe basically where you're really made to feel and experience your sense of being black and African in a very very visceral and sometimes quite painful way and so a lot of my music is really a reflection on that actually all of it to be honest yeah. in some way shape or form a reflection on that um, whereas before the music I was writing was really yeah like here's a 32 bar standard song form let me write a nice pretty melody it could have been from anywhere yeah exactly and it was really the process of living overseas that made me interrogate my own psycho-emotional archive and by extension my own personal sonic archive to come to the sort of personal music voice that has evolved and I think really developed concretely in the latest album Antique Spoons Absolutely, and the song I've chosen or insisted to play next didn't give you much choice on this one. For me, is is carries elements of heritage, you know. Yeah. Palmas, yeah. tell us about Palmas. Yeah, so it's actually based on a transcription of uh, Imbira. Uh, pattern um, from field recordings uh, and basically I subjected that to all sorts of rhythmic and harmonic procedures and when my girlfriend at the time heard it for the first time she had only heard versions of us playing it live so the claps hadn't been overdubbed and she screamed ah palmas in Spanish and she was just so excited to hear it and it was a very sort of beautiful moment of connection with the music Um, and I composed that melody when I was with her in Madrid in Spain and so I thought that her reaction to listening to it very much embodied the spirit of what the song 
represented really and so i called it palmas so palmas is i didn't think of that palms it's clubs, yeah. the palms exactly. of that yeah. based on that beautiful <laughs> absolutely beautiful thank you room 11 with me on the world show here's palmas of the album antique spoons chapters on love loss and the politics of memory love the title i've got to say the whole thing every time <laughs> Palmas, there we go. The Palmas are clapping. Absolutely beautiful. Love the groove on that one. Vuma Levin is the artist. He's with us here in the studio. And by now you know the name. Antique Spoons chapters on love, loss, and the politics of memory. Cara, I'm so excited you've brought something. Because I always feel blessed when we have a, a, even if it's a moment of life. Tell us about the instrument that you've got with you here and that you're going to play a little bit for us. So this is called Nyunga Nyunga. It's a kind of Mbira. Um, it's got slightly fewer keys uh, than the standard Mbira Zavadzima that we, most people know from Zimbabwe. Uh, this one was made in Mozambique by my, my friend and amazing uh, colleague, Machume Zango, who plays Timbila, a big xylophone, as well as this instrument. Um, yeah, and it's kind of... I've been I've been experimenting recently, especially with writing in different ways for it. Um, and you can hear a little bit of that on the Texture of Silence album. Yeah, and there was one song that I really love on the Texture of Silence. And uh, you said you'll touch on it, so I won't play the, the recorded version tonight. But this track is yeah. Disa. Yeah. Disa, anything about the, the song? Um, well, yeah, I guess it was just, it was kind of exploring groove on this instrument. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I guess some kind of technical interest in how to write, how to write something quite cyclical that also, you know, there are kind of slow variations that kind of emerge as the piece uh, develops, especially the recorded version with Keenan playing guitar on uh, on it as well. But I, I quite like because quite a few indigenous instruments from South Africa sit in a kind of cyclical form. Yes. Um, I like what that does to your hearing, you know, as time moves on. Beautiful. I'm going to take a snippet of it while Cora is playing so that uh, you can see it on Facebook. Uh, I'm going to play Start Whenever You're Ready. Thank you so much. So, you know, again, with that, with the Ambira, and that one as well, you hear the wind, you hear the, the sun, <laughs> you hear the rain. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. Thank you thank so you, much you. for sharing that with us. Now, uh, as we move on, um, what is coming up? You've obviously won this award and it's opening up opportunities for both of you. Um, tell us about where people can start seeing you performing, where you'll be performing in the future and in the, in the near future, but also in the a little bit further distant future. Um, well, so so I'm actually heading to Cape Town uh, on Tuesday for two concerts next weekend. Uh, it's a bigger project called Gabriel's Odyssey. Uh, it's an ensemble piece where we work with musicians from Ethiopia and Tanzania, um, as well as South Africa and India. 
retelling the story, the real life story of a of an Ethiopian man who was a slave in the 1500s. Extremely academic and kind of arbitrary, but kind of interesting, uh, amazing story. And then um, the week after that, I'm playing. Uh, I have this very special gig playing with Uma Madosini, uh, Lungiswa Plaikis, Dizu's uh, niece, and myself a trio gig. And then I'm playing with Shane Cooper's, I think it's called the Dina Lady Chamber Ensemble. It's kind of a new project as part of this Jazz Fest Berlin that's being shot here in Joburg. Longer term, um, I've got some things coming up in, in Swaziland, Eswatini, because that's where you know I grew up. I have a very strong connection with that place. And then, yeah, just writing music and kind of working on this new album project for National Arts Festival next year. Fantastic. And in fact, you've just reminded me that this uh, project you're working on with Dizu and Marusini, um, the physical show is sold out. Believe but, so, yeah. But people can go online and it's going to be something really, really epic. I'm going to share it with you on my on my social media as well. It's going to be something really epic. And I think it's free for those who want to watch it digitally. Yeah. And I highly recommend this is going to be something very, very special. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and for you, Vuma. What's yeah. co- I mean, just so, so much, and you've been so busy lately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been intense of yes. late. Uh, it's started to calm down a bit, but I have some concerts coming up with a drummer from Switzerland. Um, uh, I believe the project has Joao Orecchio. I don't know how to say his second name, and uh, Reza Cotta is playing uh, guitar, and um, I think Abraham Menon is playing saxophone, and then I am. Working with an arranger in the Netherlands, uh, we've already completed all the compositions for my new project, which is going under the working title "The Past Is Unpredictable, Only the Future Is Certain." And we are, yeah, completing the arrangements for that, which will be for jazz quintet, string quartet, horns, so trumpet, trombone, and bass clarinet. And we'll be going into studio with the South African quintet in March next year. Probably doing a tour throughout South Africa in February, and then in April I'll be heading out to. Europe to record with the European quintet as well as all the string sections and all of that sort of stuff. And then yeah, later in that year I have some concerts with uh, the Axel Schoenberg Ensemble, which is a very, very well regarded cl- contemporary classical music outfit in the Netherlands. Uh, so yeah, it's promising to be a very exciting and inspiring and busy year ahead. I'm really and looking good, forward to it. good as the world's opening up again and we're able to travel. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. I'm going to share two more tracks, one from each of you. Can't end without them. The next one is off Kara's album, The Texture of Silence, well, with the texture of silence, as in the sun, so in the rain. Uh, the track is Sunflower. And then we're going to have one last final little chat uh, before I let you go today and another track uh, from um, Vuma also before I let you go. Ah, 
959. I see it. You painted the picture for me. Thank you, Cara. <laughs> of a sunflower. <laughs> that is so beautiful. Sunflower off the text from the texture of silence. The album as in the sun, so in the rain. The texture of silence being Cara Stacy, Keenan Arons, and Zwandile Butelezi. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm gonna end off tonight's feature with a track um from Vuma. But before we go there, I think um there's two things I wanted to chat about. The one thing is both of you are lecturers or both of you you know lecture at university how do you find that experience as artists how do you find the experience of sharing your knowledge uh, and wisdom with the next generation do you want to go for <laughs> <laughs> you're both looking at me nodding um, <laughs> yeah on a on a mechanical level it's quite challenging to balance these things because yes. because lecturing is really like time intensive energy intensive tomorrow morning for instance i'm leaving Joburg at 6 a.m to drive to Porter's room to go and teach like bazillion classes yes but yeah i think it's i think it's nice to be you know, to be as creative as you can be in your your own work, and then also to show younger musicians and music students that that is what they can also be. You know, they don't have to necessarily. I, I guess I should say I don't think there's a really good conversation about what it is to have a musical life, a career, and how to s- sustain yourself. And you know, at our higher education uh, institutions. So, so I think if you can if you can bring a little bit of you know the spice that has gotten you to where you are at yes. creatively to the students i think that or some kind of example of like how you've had to hustle how you've you know how you've also defied certain kind of genre things or, or whatever it is you know yes. i think that that seems to be useful i guess for younger musicians um but yeah i think yeah i think it's just supporting passing on this knowledge i've benefited so much from my teachers you know from classical side and from the african music side so to be able to just continue that and also bring up you know kind of give as much knowledge as possible to to students who maybe haven't been as fortunate as i have you know in in terms of the teachers i've had Absolutely. And I find, you know, as, a, as an educator as well and an artist, sometimes teaching also teaches you. Do you find that, uh, uh, Vuma? Yeah, yeah, sometimes indeed. Um, I would say more becoming a student again is what it's taught me because I'm actually taking vocal lessons now. And that has helped me to learn how to be a better teacher, actually, um, okay. because... I am then once again put in the position of being a student. So, But I would say that I'm quite an impatient man. And one of the things that teaching has taught me is empathy and patience, which is some, which was definitely a much needed skill for me. Um, and so that's been, so from, from purely personal standpoint, that's been really, really helpful and obviously a very beautiful thing to learn. But, you know, I think there's not much I could add to what Kara said. It's incredibly difficult at times to, to juggle these things but ultimately when you see your students doing well like some of my students managed to make it into the unis and national strings competition stuff like this it's it's always it feels really good and when you also for me this the biggest victories are really getting someone to change their mindset so that they really apply themselves in a disciplined and self-conscious way to whatever it is they want to take out of music so that doesn't necessarily mean being the best guitar player it could be a life lesson it could be anything but really getting them to think more seriously about what it is they're trying to do with their life and how art can kind of fit into that basically and to me that's actually the most rewarding aspect of of teaching music uh, at WITS in any case 
yeah. beautiful. We're running out of time, and I just think let's do Palmas to Standard Bank Young Artists Awards. Palmas yeah. to both of you for beautiful music and to Standard Bank Young Artists Jazz Awards. As I was saying to you when the track was playing, really, each and every year, there is such incredible, incredible talent that is brought to us, brought to us and amplified because of this award. And again, congratulations to both of you. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. I'm going to end off with a departure because Vuma Levin's got a track, which we all love, called (laughs) Airport Terminal. So I'm leaving you at the airport terminal. It's off the album Antique Spoons, Chapters on Love, Loss and the Politics of Memory. From me, Nikki B, to you, whatever else you do this week, make sure that you keep shining and keep it Kaya. The World Show with Nikki B on Kaya 959.